0: Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelly Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cultivate Legacy podcast. I am your host, Shelly Tyson, and I am thrilled and excited to have a full circle moment now introducing you To Crystal Stein. Crystal is an author and a mentor and a coach and a speaker. She's also a wife and a mom, and she is passionate about a topic that we are going to dive in today that I am passionate about as well. And that is the topic of hustle and working hard and resting well. And we are going to cover as much as we can today, but welcome to the podcast, Crystal. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Shelly, thank you for having me. I am so excited to join you today. Tell our audience a little bit before we get into this juicy topic, a little bit about yourself and why in the world are you so passionate about this topic of working hard and resting well? Well, you covered a lot of the hats that I
1: wear, which I think we can all probably agree that we wear probably a few too many. Occasionally, the hat stack is getting pretty tall, especially as things start to reopen and my schedule is getting busier again. But in addition to all of those amazing things, I also have the absolute honor of serving full time as the communications and online director for my church. So... So that has been just a blessing over the last year to be able to use technology and this digital space to connect as many people as possible with the life-changing message of the gospel. And it has been fun to convince some of our pastoral staff that this is necessary and needed and they are seeing the fruit of it. So um, definitely some wins there have been just a real blessing for me. And I also serve as an editor for an organization called Love God Greatly. So they're based out of Texas and they provide free Bible studies constantly. There's a new one every month. And what they do is they make those available for missionaries, for women around the world who might not otherwise have access to Bibles, to Scripture, so that they can learn God's Word. And they have a team of translators that translate it into their own languages. So they're reading God's Word in their language, and it is just an amazing ministry. So I get to do all of that and we're building a new house, and I live in a—it's crazy. I mean, my my daughter broke her arm this week. Like, it's been a whole thing. So, you know, it's (laughs) just— When I saw this pop up on my calendar, I was like, thank you, Jesus. I need to talk to an adult. (laughs) But, you know, with all of that, with being a wife and a mom and working and having those, you know, side hustles or whatever we call it, you know, God really put it on my heart a couple years ago, you know, sort of in a season of burnout, just. This idea that we were created for more, we were not created to hustle 24-7 and be exhausted all the time and never feel like we're ever going to do enough. Enough, honestly, we're never going to be enough without Jesus. He is our enough. But, you know, this idea that if we look at the model that God gave us in scripture, we see that he laid out for us this model of work and rest. And his expectation for us isn't something that is impossible to achieve. It's something that is beautifully designed to help keep not just our bodies and our minds, but our souls healthy and connected in relationship with Him. So that's really where that passion came from. And I really wrote Holy Hustle because God asked me to, <laughs> and um, it wasn't it wasn't really for anyone in particular. But the number of women around the world who reached out to say thank you for almost giving me permission. To work hard and rest well, to have this life that's both and instead of this feeling of either or uh, has really been so special. I think you always have those special moments when you feel like somebody else is like, no, me too. Like you're not alone in this.
0: And I think the neat thing about this book, as soon as I opened it and started reading it, was the fact that you went to scripture immediately. And that is often, I think, what feels like it's missing when we have this topic of we know that God created work at the very beginning, pre-fall, right? Like Adam worked in the garden, and we know that He created ribs. That's also at the very beginning. And yet, sometimes when those t- things are talked about, it's not talked about in the context. Of that mm-hmm. meta narrative of scripture, the big picture of the model that we have at the beginning all the way through. And so that was one thing that I appreciated so much about your way of handling this subject is rooting it in God's word from the very, very start. But I would love to, to know from your personal experience, where, where did that burnout kind of come from? And then how did you move into this place of living for more from that place of really Peaceful rest. So one of the things that I realized very early on is that
1: I love work. I have never I, I think I mentioned it in the book, but I was never one of those girls that had my wedding planned, but I had my career planned. You know, yeah. I couldn't care less, honestly, about what my wedding dress looked like. Thankfully, I got married before Pinterest. So that wasn't a big deal. Amen. So, <laughs> the budget I had for that wedding, people would just like gasp at at this point because it was so tiny. Yeah. We still got married. It was great. Uh, you know, but my career, I had this dream in my mind that, you know, I was going to go do certain things and accomplish certain things and go to a certain college because That diploma and that name, and you know, that recognition is what was going to make me a successful woman. And it was a lot of watching how my mom worked. She was a single mom for a long time, so she had no other choice but to work hard and constantly outside the home. My, I have other family members who are entrepreneurs, started their own businesses, multiple businesses, have done very well with their businesses. And even now, I have family that has several businesses or they are, you know, um, starting new companies or doing a lot of things. So it's, I'm surrounded by women who work hard, and I have seen it uh, in a lot of different ways. And so I didn't grow up In a particularly Christian home, Um, my grandparents went to church, but we kind of only went on, you know, the holy days and holidays sort of thing, Um, you know. And as soon as they got upset with something that was happening at their church, they moved to a different church. So there was never consistency there. Although we're in a small town, so everybody knows who they are, and they've been to everyone's church at this point, you know. So I didn't have a biblical worldview to look at work through. Um, All I knew was what magazines and the people around me and what the world was saying is in order to achieve this level of success you need x y and z Mm -hmm. and so that was my plan i was going to get x y and z and i was going to be successful and i'll be honest i'm really good at it (laughs) i'm really good at working hard i'm good at the hustle i'm good at making things happen And I think that it's one of those superpowers that you get that decision at some point, whether you're going to use it for good or evil, right? And not necessarily evil, but maybe with the wrong motivations. And um, it turned just into my absolute number one priority. Even after I was married, my whole life was around working and getting that next promotion and getting that next business card with a fancy title on it and getting that next office, you know, move up and getting closer and closer to that C-suite level where I was like, no, once I hit this, I've made it. Well, I hit that. And I realized that, first of all, I did not do it in a great way. I'm excellent at climbing over people and ladders and that does not make me feel good. Uh, you know, but I got there and I was not content. It did not feel like what I thought it was to. And I had pushed away friendships and I had prioritized time at work over time with my family. I was not invested in my relationship with God and I was burnt out. And it got to the point where God was calling me out of that. At that point, I was an assistant vice president of marketing and he was, and it was before I was 30 years old and he was, he was calling me out of it. And I did, I was holding on tight with both hands. Like Sorry, God, I got this one. I think you mean that message for someone else or for me later down the road, you know. I, I was sure I was gonna retire from that position, you know, 50 years later with a gold watch, which nobody does anymore, but for whatever right. reason, that was in my head. Like this is the thing. And I just I ignored, I ignored what he was calling me out of. He was calling me into a deeper relationship with him and into a a better, healthier relationship with the people in my life. And I didn't want to let go of what I built. And so he took it away from me. And I was fired from that job. And it was earth shattering and devastating. And we had a new baby at the time. And all I could think was, how am I going to provide for my family? And God was like, you know, you're not in this alone, right? You know, my husband is an amazing teacher and he has, hes it's incredible. The stories I could tell you now about what God has done through him as a teacher is beyond. But, you know, God was reminding me. Just through little things, through friends sending us dinner randomly, you know, as we were going through this transition and people reaching out and people offering help. And I was like, this is the part you've been missing because you're trying to do it all on your own. I have given people in your life gifts for them to use to build my kingdom. And you're not letting them do it because you're pushing everybody away because you think you can do it all by yourself. And it was an incredibly humbling experience for me. I was sure nobody was ever going to hire me again. I was sure that was it. I was done. There was nothing left for me to be able to do. And God used every moment of it to draw me back to him, but then also to put this idea of holy hustle on my heart where he's like, there is nothing wrong with working hard and doing well at the work I have assigned you. The problem becomes when we start to either take on work, he's given somebody else because we think we can do it better or we start comparing ourselves or there's this whole trickle effect where we start making it about us and building our kingdoms instead of making the light shine on God, which is what we're ultimately called to do. And that process was really what helped me heal from that moment of burnout to find a new passion, to find a way to use the gifts God gave me in new ways. And he was so generous to open new doors for me, not permanent ones, nothing, nothing that was ever, you know, this is the, my lifelong dream kind of thing. But the next thing, there was always a next step. There was always another door to open. And it's been, it's been really amazing to see how everything that he took me through prepared me for what he had
0: for me next. That's really beautiful that he like in his mercy almost, saved you out of a situation that was going to keep you from being able to experience all of these things that you've experienced. And just hearing your story too, and thinking that you didn't even write this book for anyone in particular, but when I read it, it literally felt like it was written for me. And I would just encourage our audience. If you have not read Holy Hustle, go and get it. And then your second book that has just come out just recently, quieting the shout if should, but this mentality that God has not said not to work, that we can work hard. I think you say in the book to work hard without guilt and then to rest without shame. Yes. That alone is such a nugget. And as you were going through this process of really pivoting, what were some things that God began to teach you along the way, maybe lessons that you began to learn along the way about how to work hard and rest well while still being driven while still being ambitious while still wanting to use your gifts i think the biggest thing that i learned was really
1: taking the time to figure out what rest meant i think that was the big thing for me i had to redefine a lot of words i had to redefine success i had to redefine failure and i had to redefine rest because in my mind you know i pictured rest as those. Pictures everybody puts on Instagram of their quiet time that's super early in the morning. And I'm like, I am not an early riser. Guys, I need a lot of coffee before I'm gonna sit down and not fall right back asleep. But you know, just trying to connect with God and say, all right, what do you really mean by this? What what is Sabbath? What is rest? Why do I need this? And I always love when science backs up what God has designed. And it happens so much when you look in this area of rest and what it does for our bodies, but it's not to sleep because I think we all know that we could get a great night's sleep. We could get a great night's sleep for three weeks in a row and we could still wake up feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and burnout. Like that is not the only thing. And so it was really discovering that rest meant finding specific intentional time to connect with God in my week to make it a priority, to make him the first thing, that my you know day started with my agenda being given to him with open hands, that there was time in my week where I was reconnecting with my family and that we were connecting with God as a family. And that it was okay that it might look different. You know, one of the things that I realized was that all of the work I do happens in front of a computer. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to be able to feel rested if I sit down, even if I'm watching some amazing devotional or, you know, Bible study lesson or something, if it's on a screen, that's not restful to me because my brain is in work mode. Like it just feels like it's more work. And so to be able to take time to go on a hike with my family, to be outside, to kind of use the other side of my brain and build something outside or use my hands, dig in the garden, whatever it was that's where I found myself really connecting and feeling like kind of re-energized in a way, because suddenly I was, you know, simplifying things. I was slowing down. I was turning it off, really like making that boundary that work is done. And now we're moved over to this part. And, you know, it always, I think, surprised people whenever I would talk about, Hey, we went to, you know, a local amusement park with my family. And I, you know, here's how I connected with God. They're like, that doesn't sound like rest. I'm like, but we were laughing and we were in the car for 45 minutes and we were talking about what we learned at church and we were listening to worship music. And it was a moment that my heart and soul needed. And so I think there's something very important about daily devotions and spending that intentional time with God and starting our day off with him. But I think it's also really important to find out what truly brings you rest, deep soul rest and reconnection with God based on your personality, based on what brings you energy, what depletes your energy. It takes some time and some trial and error to figure out. But I think that was for me, just being able to redefine it fully and say, this is what, this is what I need. This is what, you know, my heart needs in order to
0: feel rested and ready to go again on Monday. I'm thinking about if you're listening to this in 2021, thinking about going through 2020 and going through the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, and how that was really a force stop. And I think it's given a, a, a lot of us the chance to really step back and to assess the rhythms of our life. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about creating rhythms of work and then rhythms of rest. And how those two can really work in tandem, but it may look different from you, for you than it does the gal down the street, or maybe even your spouse and thinking like when you have different personalities that are in the same household and trying to figure out what refuels you and what refuels your spouse and your family in general, and just being willing to admit what works and what doesn't knowing that biblically there is no checklist that says you must do this in order for it to be a Sabbath. Um, Mm -hmm. What is mandated is it's intentionally taking the time to be with the Lord and um, him meeting you in that. So throughout this journey of you pivoting away from your career and then finding these new rhythms of work and rest, what are just, I know you mentioned earlier with your husband, what are some like things that stick out to you about God's faithfulness to you through that period of time? Mm I think one of the
1: biggest things for me was, um, I I feel like I've always defined myself as somebody who has trouble making and maintaining friendships, especially as an adult. And God and his faithfulness really rallied some women around me, uh, women I'd known for a long time, just that reminder that, no, these are the, and it wasn't It was interesting because I think for a long time I had been working toward that audience of thousands, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to build our following, we're always trying to make things bigger and, you know, reach more people. And it was this small group of four women who I had known since, you know, I was in high school. We been in each other's weddings, we've, you know, been there when our kids were born, we've seen the best and the worst of each other, you know, we've eaten each other's terrible snacks and stayed (laughs) up too late talking, you know, all that stuff. And he brought them around us. And just was so beautifully faithful in reminding me that where things felt like a loss, he was ready to fill things in, in a way that was better than anything I could have ever rebuilt myself. And relationships are so important to him and community is so important that, you know, we'll never be truly successful in anything that we do whenever we try to do it without the support and the friendship of community and with strong godly women around us to cheer for us. And, you know, I think. That was the beautiful part is none of these women have the same aspirations that I do. They don't have the same drive or dreams. Some are homeschool moms, some work as counselors, some are teachers we're like, all over the place. And that was so refreshing to me to know that there are women in my life who have seen me at my worst. They know the worst parts of my story. And they still stick around and they still cheer for me and they decorate my office door at work when i get a new book deal and they you know try to get as many women together as they can for book studies when my books come out and it's just it's the sweetest thing and they've got no skin in the game they're not making anything off of it they're not on launch teams they're not influencers on social media they're just my friends and that small bit of faithfulness was so special Mm -hmm. to me that god is like you are not alone in any of this. And it was a moment that I could have missed because I was expecting bigger. I was expecting more. I was expecting, you know, now I'm going to bust open the store and suddenly that's going to happen. And this is going to come true. And it wasn't that it was the small, ordinary everyday stuff. Somebody dropping off Starbucks, somebody texting when they knew I needed some encouragement, somebody not being afraid to pray a hard prayer for me. Or tell me when I was acting like a fool. You know, those are the women that you need, and God provided them. And it wasn't even the thing I was praying for. He knew what to provide. He knew an answer to a prayer I wasn't even praying because He knew what I needed.
0: Because He is that good. And I think that that is such a mercy that oftentimes we feel like, like you said earlier, we're losing something. But in reality, it's because God wants to replace it in abundance with something that actually is what we need. And, um, I, there was a part in the book where I think it was in Zechariah. I may be misquoting where you talk about, um, not apologizing for small things. And, um, I've, I was thinking about how often in the Bible, if you think about it, you know, the, the widow with her talents, you know, small, the little boy with the, the fish and the, and the loaves small you know, and that is the beauty of being a Christ follower in a space where you're told to always achieve more as an entrepreneur. And you don't want to run that rat race because you serve a guy that can multiply talents and fish and loaves. And like, he, he does that. You our time, he can it. multiply that time
1: that you dedicate to him. He will not let it go to waste. He can multiply our time in our day and help us to get more done. It is. Yeah. One of my favorite things is to go through the Bible and read some of the stories that maybe we don't know as well. Just the small, ordinary, everyday faithfulness mm-hmm. of people who loved Jesus, who loved God. And all they did was show up faithfully or they you know, went about their day to day work. But God wasn't an afterthought. He was a part of the whole thing. So their hearts were ready when they met Jesus, or their hearts were ready when they had the opportunity to do something for God that seems small, but was so big in God's bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the big things get highlighted so much in our culture that we forget that it's those small, ordinary moments that leave the legacy. It's, you know, taking the time to answer your kids' crazy questions at bedtime about the trinity, because that's when we have to ask those questions, you know, <laughs> or I'm like, yes, let's have a deep theological conversation. It's 9.00 PM go to sleep, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's making the little people in our lives as important as anybody who follows us on Instagram, because they're the ones who are going to be impacted the most. And knowing that that's not yeah. insignificant, that is not small, that is not unnoticed by God. He sees every moment that we invest in those small moments and those small beginnings and he will multiply it. We might never see it. So many of the people in scripture never saw how their story played out in the grander scheme of the gospel, but they did it anyway. And, you know, we don't need the recognition. We don't need the fun little bracelets and gifts in the mail from all the things and reaching the different platforms and all that. We don't need a, you know, a platinum play button on YouTube or whatever it is like, our reward probably will be something that we never even experienced until heaven. And even then just imagine the legacy that you lead by showing somebody what small, obedient, faithful, everyday faith looks like. And that's holy hustle and showing people what it looks like that you can rest and still do a dang good job yeah. at your job. Yes.
0: yes. And that is why we can work hard, right? That is how we can work with excellence because mm-hmm. we know The the reward is already taken care of, you know, like we are absolutely complete already in Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so that is already, it's already signs and seal for us. And so that's the beautiful freeing thing about this. And you talk about this in the book is this is what leads to the freedom to Mm -hmm. be able to work with diligence and perseverance and, you know, faithfulness and be able to close it down and rest. You know, and and that's where that's where the balance is. The gospel is the one that comes in and connects the two in a way that is mind-boggling. And it leaves you me just living in a way of deep joy and yes. this gratefulness. And um, I think that is exactly what you said of that's what leads to impact and legacy, that faithfulness. It's what leads to impacting in those small moments that compound over time to leave a legacy that doesn't point to you. It doesn't point to you. It points to the creator and Mm -hmm. his overall work in the world and the significance that each human being has for him. And I just love that. So we could talk for hours about this subject, but I would love for you to share with our audience about how they can get their hands on holy hustle and quieting the shout of should, and how they can follow you on Instagram because I know we've talked about social media being <laughs> kind of like you know this evil stepchild but mm-hmm. I know not nope. <laughs> listen
1: digital evangelist here you're gonna hear some Jesus if you can follow me on Instagram that's all no, there I is love it so both of my books are available wherever books are sold uh, if you head over to my website crystalstein.me you can click on the books tab at the top. It'll get you all the information for these two. And I have a a Holy Hustle planner that just came out this year, which is fabulous and undated and super pretty. So if you're like me and you tend to love a lot of planners and then you leave them in your bag and then you feel guilty (laughs) because you skipped a couple weeks, you can just pick it back up wherever you left off. Not a problem. So all of that is on my website. And then you
0: can connect with me on Instagram at Crystal Stein. I love it. And you have beautiful merchandise on your website as well. T-shirts, yoga yes. all kinds of stuff, stickers, all the things so that you can have visual reminders of the fact that God created you to flourish and to work hard without guilt and to rest well without shame. So thank you, Crystal, so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your heart and your story. And I just look forward to seeing all that God does through you um, and through these resources that you've created. What an incredible gift you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, You can check us out at CultivateLegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at Cultivate underscore Legacy.